Will the midterm election results bring McTrouble for the establishment McTrio? Joe Biden played young voters for chumps in 2022. Plus, more woke advertisers are pulling the plug on Elon Musk's Twitter. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with what I call the infamous McTrio, and I'll get to them in just a few minutes. But first, I'd like to say that it feels so good to be back. As you may know, I'm a Republican County Chairman in Fort Bend County, Texas, and the work required in that job during the home stretch of the election season meant that I just couldn't do the job and do the show. So, much work goes into the show, and I thought, well, it'd be better to just put it on hold for a short time until the elections were over. I appreciate all the emails and comments from viewers who asked when I was coming back and that they missed the show. Those messages mean the world to me, and believe me, I miss the show too. So, thank you so much, and now, let's talk about the McTrio. Of course, I'm talking about McConnell, McCarthy, and McDaniel. Make no mistake, friends. When you look at the gains made across the country by Republicans, we have a lot to be proud of, no doubt about it. But when you compare that to the expectations and the mismanagement of the campaign messaging and the lack of funding of certain candidates by the Republican establishment, it's time for these three people to go. And by that, I mean Mitch McConnell as Senate Republican leader, Kevin McCarthy as the potential Speaker of the House, and Rona McDaniel as Chairman of the RNC and the calls for their ouster are already growing. Here's the story. A growing number of Republican Party officials are frustrated with GOP Chairwoman Rona McDaniel following Tuesday's midterm elections and want her to resign, according to Republican sources familiar with the situation. People are upset and want to replace Rona, said one veteran Republican National Committee official. They're calling for her resignation, but not publicly. RNC members are calling for accountability, as they should. The official noted that even before the 2022 midterms, Democrats gained control of the House in 2018 and then did the same in 2020 for both the White House and the Senate, including a runoff election in Georgia. McDaniel has been chairing the RNC since 2017. That's how things are looking at the RNC. People are not happy. Now, Let's turn to the U.S. House. This was supposed to be Kevin McCarthy's coronation. He tried once before and failed, but this time, McCarthy seemed like a lock to win. Republicans were going to win big in the U.S. House. In fact, if there was any poster child for the red wave, it was the expected results in Congress that people focused on. Now, it looks like Republicans will still win control of the House, and that is definitely a good thing. A great thing, actually but the failure to take advantage of the national mood means that McCarthy's job may be at risk. No one currently has 218 votes, said Representative Chip Roy, Republican from Texas, as he emerged from a private Freedom Caucus meeting near the Capitol where members were discussing their strategy. Roy previously told NBC News he has not decided who he is backing for Speaker. I have personally stated that Kevin McCarthy has not done anything to earn my vote, added another Freedom Caucus member, Representative Bob Good, Republican from Virginia. 
There's many times where we have come to the minority leader over the past two years and asked him to fight on various opportunities and various issues, and I have not seen the demonstrated fight that we're looking for, for those who would aspire to lead us, Good continued. And so I expect there would be a challenge to him as a speaker candidate. And then there's Mitch McConnell. This is a guy who actively sponsored advertising against Alaska's conservative Republican Senate candidate, Kelly Shabaka. Rather than letting Alaskans determine which Republican they wanted, Shabaka or liberal Lisa Murkowski, McConnell picked a side, and he picked Murkowski. In the Arizona Senate race, McConnell's super PAC withheld funds from Republican Blake Masters, a move that certainly hurt Masters' chances. But you know what else is incompetent, Tucker? The establishment, right? The people yeah, who control the purse strings. Senate Leadership Fund, Mitch McConnell. McConnell decided to spend millions of dollars attacking a fellow Republican in Alaska instead of helping me defeat Senator Mark Kelly. Had he chosen to spend money in Arizona, this race would be over. We'd be celebrating a Senate majority right now. And so my message to the people uh, of America, my message to actually my the Republican senators, hopefully my future colleagues, let's not vote Mitch McConnell into leadership. He doesn't deserve to be majority leader or minority leader. You get a choice. You can stand with your constituents and stand with Americans, or you can stand for Mitch McConnell. Friends, we are in the middle of a movement, a movement to take America in a bigger, bolder, and better direction. We cannot do that with the same tired establishment leaders. It's time to retire the McTrio and put in people who will actually fight against the far-left woke agenda. All right, next, let's talk about how Joe Biden played young voters for chumps. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search out my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about young voters because they traditionally don't turn out for elections like those in older demographics. And that was true this time as well. However, they did participate in higher numbers than was anticipated. And this could certainly have made a difference in the many, many close elections that we saw across the country. According to a story in The Hill, and these stats are just unbelievable when you look at the candidate, 70% of voters between 18 and 29 cast their ballots for Democrat John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. 70%. Fetterman also took in 55% of the votes from people ages 30 to 44. Here is a man who can't talk, can't put a sentence together, says he wants to release murderers onto the street, will kill Pennsylvania's energy industry, and he gets 70% of the 18 to 29 vote. It's insane, but it just shows how decades of left-wing indoctrination has paid off. These are people who actually prefer socialism over capitalism. These are people who will protest Chick-fil-A, but have no problem buying products made in Chinese work camps. And these are the people who are motivated in this election because Joe Biden made a promise that every rational person knew was fundamentally wrong, violated any tenets of fairness, and was illegal. I'm talking about telling college students they don't have to pay their student loans. Somebody else, you and me, will do that for them. Well, they bought it, and now the truth is coming out. They were played for chumps. It was a ploy to get young people motivated to vote in the midterms. That's what Matt Kibbe at The Blaze is saying. He says, give Biden credit. Student loan forgiveness was cynical and dishonest, but also the best bait and switch scheme in modern political history. 
and the New York Times, I'm sorry, the New York Post also weighing in through their editorial board saying Biden's student debt con job fooled Generation Z for the midterms. Will the kids wake up? That's the question. Will the kids wake up? The answer, at least in the short term, is no. We have a generation that says, yes, give me something for nothing. Let me pile on the debt, and I'm perfectly okay with someone else paying for it. And the Democrats know this. They played it perfectly. The left, through education, media, entertainment, big tech, has produced a generation that think that's okay. They don't seem to realize or care that the policy was clearly not legal. So does that mean that they just voted for the idea of student loan bailouts? Or did they really not have a clue that the bailouts would never happen? Here's more. The New York Post writes, the ploy has to, has to count as a brilliant piece of lowdown sneakiness, a pie in the sky promise that cost the press nothing to make and gained him and his party the electoral world, frankly, we thought the big guy was past sharp practice like that. Maybe it wasn't his idea. He didn't want to do it, by the way. And Biden had to know Republicans would scream at the fiscal folly, driving the kids deeper into his hands. The question is, will the under 30s wake up and realize they got hornswoggled or fall even harder for the long con? Friends, we have a lot of work to do to take back our schools and to be willing to stand up and call out the culture war that is being waged on us by the far left from over-sexualization of our young kids, to pushing body-altering surgeries on minors, to convincing a whole generation that socialism is the way to go. We will never turn this country around until we are willing to fight that fight, to show that rising crime, violence, abortion for convenience are all signs of a society that has lost its moral compass. We can debate tax policy and border policy and foreign policy all we want, but unless we realize that the left has taken control of American culture and we do something about it, America will continue on this downward path. I'm willing to get out there and fight for a better America, and I think you are too. All right, next let's talk about Twitter and Elon Musk because the proposed purchase was the talk of the summer. Everyone was wondering, what is he gonna do? Then, as the midterm elections approached, the deal finally went through and left-wing heads started to explode. There was a handful of Hollywood elite who said they were leaving the platform. I know you and I are completely and incredibly sad about that one. We have Joe Biden and other Democrats threatening to investigate Elon Musk. That's right, actually investigate him. I think that Elon Musk's cooperation and or technical relationships with other countries uh, is worthy of being looked at. Kentucky Congressman James Comer was shown that clip of Biden, and here was his response on the potential of an Elon Musk investigation. Well, the fact that Joe Biden said that there should be an investigation into Twitter over foreign investment will go down in history as one of the most hypocritical statements ever made by President of the United States. Once our investigations into the Biden family influence peddling yeah. are concluded. I mean, the fact that he is concerned about policing Twitter instead of policing our southern border is astonishing. But to say that that should be under investigation, but then that Congress should turn a blind eye to his family's influence peddling with China, with Russia, with Ukraine, and yes, with the Middle East is is 
amazing that he would say that, and it will go down as one of the most hypocritical statements ever made by President of the United States. Great points. But that doesn't stop Joe Biden, the Democrats, or the woke radical left from coming after Elon Musk. Some companies are halting advertising because Musk will actually stop the censorship of conservatives. That's right. Open up Twitter to thoughts and ideas from both sides, and the left is having a meltdown. Scores of so-called woke advertisers and cowardly corporations like food company General Mills, Oreo maker Mondelez International Inc., Volkswagen, Pfizer, and other brands have halted their advertising with the social media network at the behest of activist groups since free speech enthusiast Elon Musk took over the platform. We're continuing our call to companies to pause all advertising on Twitter, NAACP President Derek Johnson tweeted recently. Hate speech and misinformation have gone through the roof since Musk's acquisition. Until he makes this a safe space for all communities, companies cannot in good conscience put their money behind Twitter. A safe space for all communities. Wow. I hope the American people finally wake up and realize that when the left says a safe space for all communities, what they really mean is that only one voice or one idea is allowed. Finally, I'd like to wrap up with some takeaways from the midterm elections and where we go from here. First, the Republican Party made substantial gains in reaching a variety of racial, ethnic, and religious groups, more than ever before. As reported by the Daily Caller, Republicans saw an 11-point increase in Muslim support in 2022 from the 2018 midterm elections. This time around, Republicans garnered 28% of the Muslim vote. Now, that obviously means the vast majority voted Democrat, but we gained this time around and the Democrats lost. When it comes to parental rights, family values, and protecting children, Muslims align with the Republican Party. As long as the Democrats keep pushing body mutilation surgeries for minors and drag queen bingo events, Muslims will continue to move our way. Wall Street Journal exit polling also showed substantial movement in black and Hispanic demographics. According to their analysis, Hispanics favored Democrats by 31% in 2018 to only 18% in 2022. That is huge. And in many places across the country, Hispanics were evenly split between Republicans and Democrats. As far as the black community, the percentage moved from 82% in 2018 to 68% in 2022. This means, of course, that on any given matchup between a Republican and a Democrat, the Democrat would win in the black community with 84% of the vote to 16% for the Republican. We have a long way to go in that respect, but we are making progress. And another interesting note, according to their exit polling, in 2018, 66% felt the economy was excellent or good. In 2022, that number was only 22%. 22%, yet Republicans didn't have the massive national gains that everyone thought. I say national because we definitely had success across the country in all kinds of races, but the spotlight was certainly on the House and on the Senate. So what happened? After all, the top issues on the minds of voters from the summer and all through October was the economy and crime. With those issues, independents sided with Republicans on both the importance of who and who they trusted to handle those issues, the Republican Party. So what did the Democrats do? They invented an issue, a threat to democracy. Republicans were extremists. 
You heard Joe Biden say that over and over and over again in the closing weeks of the campaign season. The problem was that Republicans didn't key into the power of the extremist label. Had they done so, they could have easily turned the narrative on its head. Which party supports a completely open border? Which party supports abortion up until the moment of birth? Which party supports completely crippling our domestic energy production and energy independence? Which party supports putting murderers back on the street? The answer to all those is the Democrat Party. This is the party of extremism, and yet Republican candidates failed to make that case. The silver lining in all of this is that we are likely to win the House and the Democrats will have not learned a thing. They will keep pushing their extremist woke agenda for another two years. If the Republicans can clean house and get some new leaders and focus on the issues while also doing some basic counter messaging when attacked, we can win in 2024. We also need to make a push for paper ballots and move away from mail-in voting. Those should be priorities in legislatures across the country. All of this will be tough for sure, but the fight is definitely worth it. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.